I was going to say, hey, Bruce or Eric, can you say hey-o? Hey-o. Hey-o, that's Eric Holmes, folks. I'm Greg Srizvasti. Bruce Perky is is here, too. He's not going to scream because he, unlike me and Eric, he's civil. Well, we just can't. The, th- the one thing is whenever whenever uh, Anderson screams, that's the opening to cinematics. That, that was Eric's chance. We, we, we faltered in our opening, so I'm going to do a little mutter. Hey-o. Bruce, can you do an AO or, or do you, you refuse? Hey, yo. <laughs> okay. so that just means I'm too we're too old for this. Hey, old. Hey, oh, how, hey, you yo. how, you, how you doing? Well, anyways, all three of us miss Anderson Count. Anderson Count will be back, back middle of July to pre- preview the rest of July. But right now, our job, us trio, us three men, three men. Are we men, Aaron Combs? Are we men? Are we uh, boys? Two men and a baby. Two men and a baby. baby. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the baby. You're calling a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Eric Holmes is a, is, is a baby because he's the youngest out of us three. Anyways, for us for this episode, you're going to hear just previews for the for the week of July 1st and also for the week of July 8th. And all three of us have seen this movie with Jessica Chastain, Oscar-winning actress Jessica Chastain, and of course, I, I'm assuming. I don't know if Ray Fiennes is an Oscar winner. I got to look that up. But they both star in a new movie called The Forgiven. We're going to have a real full-on deep dive review of that movie. Whether who knows is this movie worth for you, worth watching, or is it sort of do not see this movie? We'll tell you whether or not The Forgiven, if all should be forgiven with The Forgiven. Okay, before we get going and talking and shooting the you-know-what, this is a family show. We can't shoot a lot of things or spell it out. Eric Holmes, you wanted to plug something before we get into previews. You you want a headline with the headliner? Yes. Uh, so on the Finder film, I did a interview with Tony Bonacci and Derek Silkman, and they're doing a uh, crowdfunding campaign for a feature length. They did a short called The Headliner. They're doing a feature length version. And you can go on Indiegogo and look up the headliner. Tony you like the short? Did you like the headliner short? Is that one of the reasons why you did the interview? Yeah, but I mean, I'm friends with them. So I'm, I'm, I'm clearly biased, but I, I really like Derek Silkman's acting. And I didn't know Tony Bonacci until uh, the, the first time I ever talked to him was on the, uh, the hodgepod that we did. And I just, you know, anytime someone's trying to make a movie, you know, it's always good. It's always good to, uh, you know, throw some bones to him when and where you can. And uh, I like his shorts. I like their acting. So, and they're friends of mine. So I'm always happy to support that. But uh, also just in general, you know, hit us up either here or find your film. Uh, if you have a movie that you're trying to crowdfund and we will pimp it for you because that's just, that's just what good people like us do. It's yes. just what good people like us do. Eric Holmes is a good friend to um, brothers and sisters everywhere. Any friend of Eric Holmes is a friend of Bruce Perkey's. I don't have any friends. I don't like friends. I just do podcasts. But anyways, regarding forget my sociopathic tendencies, the headliner, if you want information on that, that will be featured in our show notes. What may, You know what I'm also going to put in our cinematic show notes is something that Bruce Perky wants to plug. Actually, you can't see right now because we're on, on the video thing. There's a nice little background that Bruce Perky has. Bruce, can you tell our cinematics listeners what's in your background and why is it in your background? Well, The Long Walk, which is the most recent film by Matty Doe, which... If you've been listening to our other show, we talked a lot about Matty Doe, but this is an excellent, excellent movie. Uh, it's previous to this, it's only been, I think, available um, to rent video on demand or to buy uh, as a 
Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, which I'm holding up as we speak, which probably won't show up now because it's going to have the background. <laughs> but we, all three of us have yes. the you, this very amazing Blu-ray from Matty Doe, The Long Walk. We have to also, look, we also have to mention, Eric Holmes mentioned the headline or how he's friends with uh, the filmmakers behind it, but he also liked the short. Okay, so that's a big, big distinction. Maddie Doe, we've I've interviewed her, Bruce Berkey, Eric Holmes, and Movie Bears podcaster and friend of our shows, William Lindis. They all did interviews with uh, not really an interview, like some kind of a three-hour conversation with with Maddie Doe. It's called the Long Sip. It's just them day drinking and talking about cinema and every all things life with Maddie Doe. Great. All that stuff is really, really cool. Maddie Doe is a very charming and witty person. We consider her a friend. The reason why I'm saying all this as a preamble, Bruce, that has nothing to do with how good The Long Walk is, right? Right. It's such a good movie. And I think it's going to, like a lot of movies that are indie movies, they, they may get some kind of buried. So we just wanted to mention that with it coming out on Shutter, I think on the 5th, if I remember correctly, uh, so next week... Um, that uh, we really want people to have a chance to check this out. And uh, now it's a little more available and we think you should go look at this movie. It's really good. What do you love so much about the long walk, Eric Holmes? It, it does say uh, it's got a good, uh, it's got a good mix of a lot of things. Like it, it's got the time travel, but it's not like a, I mean, I guess technically it's a science fiction movie, but it's got a lot of good character moments and kind of, it's also like one of those puzzle pieces. Like every time you watch it, you get to you get to pick little pick little nuggets in out of it that you haven't seen before. And yes, yeah, Listen, and, and that that's kind of the case with all of her movies, at least the ones I've seen, which I think is all of them. So yeah, there you go. Is the Long Walk your favorite out of, or is it hard for you because you like all of them? There's a special rating for Maddie Doe films for you, Eric. Yeah, they're all five star movies for me. Um, I think I like Chantley the most. I, I just like the story on that one better. But I think The Long Walk is kind of like because she did Chantley, then Dear Sister, and then it's almost like uh, The Long Walk uh, with her and her husband, who's the screenwriter. Um, they kind of uh, Christopher Larson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, Christopher Larson, and they. Uh, you know, like certain filmmakers, you see them kind of building up towards something. The Long Walk feels like the movie they were building up to. I don't know if that's the case, but that's what it feels like because they they keep uh, they keep leveling up as their movies go along. Thing I really love about The Long Walk, you can say it's a little bit of a nightmarish horror thriller. Horror in the fact that there's a lot of tragedy and there might be some killer elements. It centers on a on an individual. It depends on where. It's a little bit like Eric says, a little bit of a time travel movie, but you actually focus on this guy in living in Laos out in this remote area. And he has the power to actually communicate with people who have passed on from this life. Now, I think a lot of us who've lost family members or loved ones would love, I don't know, I, I would personally, having lost my father, I would love to have that kind of that kind of power. The Long Walk addresses those issues. What happens if you have that supernatural ability? Is it a good thing or can it be used for very bad purposes? And, and I'm actually simplifying a lot of The Long Walk. It actually is a very resonant and humanistic film as well. I, I was surprised at how much I was moved by this movie, Eric Holmes, Yes, Sir. I I literally just thought of this now. 
But the long walk is like, uh, without giving away the ending of Arrival, that's yep. kind of what the guy in the long walk can do. So it's kind of like starting uh, Arrival. The long walk is like just going from where Arrival ended and then keep going on with that and playing with that whole idea. Very good, very good, very good. Doesn't make awesome. sense now, but if you watch the long walk, hopefully it'll hopefully it'll kind of connect. Without getting too sappy, Bruce, did you were you surprised? Was it, were you surprised at how resonant the long walk was, and then the way it approached these serious matters of tragedy and and uh, grief and and all that stuff? Yeah, I think it surprises you, and it kind of sneaks up on you. I think like as you're watching it, it's feeling like it's going to be a certain kind of movie, and it's good. But then as it keeps going, it just kind of it sinks its claws into you, you know? So by the end of it, you're kind of, it kind of blows you away slowly. Like you, and by the end, you're just like, wow, that was, that was quite amazing. That was an amazing movie. Speaking of amazing, just our last plug is our buddy, Anderson Cowan, the creator of cinematics. I was listening today on the film vault and he's been mentioning this about bringing a second feedback, which might be in the spirit of, I've got a movie to make. I can't wait to, I don't know when he's going to do it, but I would, would you guys be interested in hearing what Anderson is doing on a weekly basis regarding his filmmaking, whether it's a documentary, all that stuff? I'm, I hope it becomes part of the Cinematics podcast feed. Yes, sir, Eric Holmes. And you too can donate to uh, Anderson Cowan's Indiegogo campaign, crowdfunding campaign. For Are you making this up? What, what is it? Oh, yes. uh, no, I, ha- I have no idea. But if there is, you should definitely donate to it. Yes, you listeners, you can donate to Anderson Cowan's uh, crowdfunding indie indie fund. What you can do is just send a lot of money to my PayPal account. I will <laughs> post that on the show notes as well. I promise that Anderson will receive a hefty cut, hefty cut being 0.5%. We'll see. Moving forward, I'm excited to see what Anderson Cowan brings with maybe a, a different iteration of I've Got a Movie to Make. Now, speaking of movies to make, these are movies that are finished for the week of July 1st. Let's start off with one of Eric's favorite movie names, movie monikers. I say this in jest. It's a film called Fair Game. On our Find Your Film podcast, Bruce Perky was extolling the virtues of Fair Game Fair game, other than the moniker Eric Holmes, why should our cinematics listeners, fellow cinephiles, see Fair Game? This is a uh, Australian movie, kind of a lot of a uh, lot of similarities to Mad Max. I believe we mentioned Death Proof, and um, yeah, mm. it's it, it's basically a revenge movie. Uh, a little bit of Home Alone stuff coming towards the end. Uh, really silly. Uh, but really good. It's a it's a good B movie and good a really good midnight movie. And I believe it's coming to certain theaters. So uh you know, if you're the kind of uh person that likes uh you know these kind of B action revenge type movies and you got a bunch of friends that are into that, I would hit up the theater and just uh I don't sneak in beers. You can buy beers at the movie theaters now, but this is one of those kind of movies. It's it's a fun movie. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's good stuff. Bruce Perky, he loves he of the B B movie enthusiasts. How, what was your rating behind Fair Game? You <laughs> loved it so much. Tell tell our listeners what what you, uh, what you rated. four and a half out of five stars. I, I thought this was just so much fun and so much practical mayhem going on in this. So if you like that style for sure i think eric said in ours uh was a great description was it is this like your little corner of the mad max universe this yeah. is like a skirmish going on between three ne'er-do-well brothers i guess they are like these three guys this giant truck called the beast 
and a woman kind of stuck alone on her um, uh, wildlife preserve with her dog. And uh, it's just cat and mouse fight between them the whole time. It's so much fun. Yes. And I, again, I apologize, Cinematics listeners. This is not for the week of July 1st. I put it on my Google Doc under July 1st because I don't know how the days go. In, do they work forward, backward? We were talking about time travel elements of the long walk. That is actually that long walk aesthetic is in my little brain right now. Here's the thing, though. A couple of things we did not mention on the Find Your Film podcast regarding the long walk other than, yes, we did mention that it, oh no, not the long walk about fair game. It hits theaters, specifically theaters. Check your local listings on July 8th and it hits on demand July 12th. On the press release, it says, quote, regarding, and this is correct regarding what Eric and Bruce were talking about, maybe death proof. Here's the tagline for this film of fair game, quote, the exploitation classic that inspired Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. So yes, it is a oh, if you are if you are you a go. direct fan of Death Proof and you feel that's an unrated QT film, maybe check this movie out. Also, Fair Game is headlined by this act- actress named Cassandra Delaney. We did not mention that on the Finder Film podcast. Who was she married to back in the day? Do you guys know? Ellen Ripley. Uh, Eleanor Ripley or Eleanor Rigby? Yes. Ellen Ripley from Alien. Alan, uh, oh, oh, she very somehow good. was able to marry a fictional character. I don't very. know how that works. I'm not married. You I'm going to say your rules. Peter, Peter Weir. How's that? There you Peter go. Weir. What a great. Okay. I'll give you another hint. I'll give you guys a hint. Take me home country roads. Peter John Normal? Denver? yes john denver she was married to john denver for several years and i think that they had a family together well yeah so they divorced cassandra delaney she is the lead for the movie fair game aka the former wife of john denver so that is uh, one of our first films on cinematics as far as july 8th goes but but as far as july 1st goes do we have anything for this week yes eric holmes what do you got you have this movie called clara sola or Clara Sola, if you're American, but I like to say Clara. Which do you prefer, Bruce? Clara or Clara? Which sounds more... Are you Clara. Clara. Clara Sola. Clara Sola. Very good. Sola. Um, I'll just read the uh, IMDb thing here. Uh, you're not allowed to do that, Eric Holmes. That, that's against the rules, right, Bruce? Yeah, but I live my life a quarter mile at a time, so I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> In a remote village in Costa Rica, Clara, a withdrawn 40-year-old woman, experiences a sexual and mystical awakening as she begins a journey to free herself from the repressive religion, religious and social conventions which have dominated her life. Um, I don't know much about what this movie is. I saw a trailer, and it, I mean, we just talked about Maddie Doe with The Long Walk, and this trailer gives me a lot of vibes of that. So that alone, because it, it looks like it looks like uh, according to the trailer, it looks like she's like a faith healer of some sort, mm-hmm. and um, but not like the not like the type of you know the Benny Hinn type faith healers that are you know just rip people off. Like uh, it just seems to have like a supernatural element to it. Um, she's like always holding it like a beetle, and the beetle's in her hand and it's dead, and she just blows on it, and then the beetle's arms just kind of start twitching. And I'm not exactly sure what this movie is, but it seems like 
this could be like one of those special type movies, like the long walk that just kind of flies under the radar, but maybe someone picks it up mm-hmm. and maybe it'll be us that pick it up. I don't know, but, uh, and boom, best part about it. It currently yes. has 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. This movie is okay. going to be a five-star banger. I guaranteed. have no, this is a family show. I have no idea what those numbers represent. Here it's is out just- of 10. There's 6.9 stars. <laughs> Bruce, are you clueless? It's are math. you? It's math. What do you think, Bruce? Is it math? What I mean, it's almost seven, so that sounds pretty good. That yeah. sounds pretty good. Writer, movie critic Jessica Kang, Kang from Variety says, "Quote: Spellbinding, a strange and mesmerizing tale of mysticism and sexual awakening." That's what I usually put on my my what <laughs> Greg, my love that's profile your, every day for you, right, Greg? Every, strange every and mesmerizing tale. Yes. Hello, Greg. meet my girlfriend, Clara Sola. Do you, they call, Greg, Bruce quick. calls her Clara. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Real quick, do you have the IMDb of Clara Sola? Uh, no, I don't. And don't tell no, me what just, to do during the podcast, sir. I, I, I'm sorry. I just get saw off the, this now. I'm kidding. We're, I'm kidding. Yes, we're, going a little, we're going a little off the rails. But trust no, no, me, we're not. We'll get back I, on the I rails. I like off the rails. I like, yes. Claire, Clara or Clara Sola. Yes, you, you want to okay, pull it up? Okay, uh, check, uh, check out the uh, cast and crew. Yes, And then cast go down and to cinematographer. And oh, click oh. on the cinematographer. And okay. check, out, check out the cinematographer's uh, credits there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised i'm gonna if, lose the flower of evil that's what i'm gonna say. oh that'd be sweet but no oh <laughs> wow okay so let's see we're going to direct it by natalie alvarez mezzan I, mm-hmm. I don't know if and she also co-wrote it and it's cinematography by sophie winquist i believe that is winquist. I, I think they winquist. don't use a v sound on v, that, v but, sound um, and uh, she Two Minutes to Midnight. She directed this. She uh, lends this 2021 film called Pleasure. Pleasure. Oh, Pleasure. Very, very good. Very good. Eric Combs. Pleasure, listeners, is a movie that was released earlier this year about a woman who comes. I, be- I believe she leaves Bruce. Does she leave Sweden or something? She leaves Sweden to go to California to become a porn actress. That is. It sounds very salacious and lewd. And you know what? It kind of is, but it does it well. Yes, Eric Holmes, it kind of is, and it does it well. It does it excellent. How, Bruce, how, how is this movie not big, getting more love? Pleasure. I don't know. I mean, I, I was thinking about, the only thing I was thinking is that every time that Greg walks away, I think it's a strange and mesmerizing tale as well. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much, Bruce Perky. Eh? Greg Shrizvasti in a strange mystical tale directed by Steven Spielberg. That's all I want. Again, that's in my Mount Rushmore of filmmakers, just like Anderson Cowan. Thank you, Anderson, for just helping me, helping me into the wonderful world of Steven Spielberg. I prefer Stanley Kubrick myself. I don't know about you guys, but I was kidding, Anderson. Don't kill me. It's pretty good. Stanley Kubrick is pretty good. Okay, very quick. Bruce, Eric, round round robin, Mount Rushmore filmmakers. Name them. I got Brian De Palma, John John Frankenheimer, Ridley Scott. That's at least three of them. Give me three. I just did this on the Cinematics uh, Facebook page a while ago. Sidney Lumet. You said Sidney Lumet. I had Sidney Lumet. I had Elise Blaché. Yes. Um, wow. Who else? Elise Oh, uh, Alejandro Yodorowski. Okay. And Yodorowski. then I'm not a not a huge fan, but I had to put Spike Lee on there. Just Spike Lee. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, because I, okay. I wanted to put Oscar Micheaux, but I think Spike Lee has he does the same things, but he has a little more range. 
So that made more sense. Okay, that's a different kind of Mount Rushmore. That's the, Eric is ma- mentioning Mount Rushmore of directors. He's mentioning filmmakers who've made an impact in cinema. They might not be his personal favorites. I'm selfish. I, I just mentioned Frankenheimer, De Palma. They, these are my favorite. Ridley Scott, these are my favorite directors. Yes, Bruce, what, who are your Mount Rushmore filmmakers? Let me guess. Dario Argento is, is probably right up there, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Kubrick, uh, Carpenter, Lynch, and Coen Brothers. Cohen, ooh, Cohen yeah. Brothers, yes. Well, very good. And where is Intolerable Cruelty by the Cohen Brothers? Is that really high on the list as far as your... That's very low on the list for them. <laughs> very low on the list. Uh, can I say something like, I th- I feel like Raising Arizona is very unfunny and underrated, and overrated? Do you think that's a accurate assessment of... I mean, you can say it. I just said it. And you I could say I, all I, kinds can, of wrong things in the I, world. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I love raising Arizona. Are you raising Arizona? How high for you? How high for you, Eric Holmes, in the Cohen Brothers canon? Uh, raising Arizona, Yellowbeard, and Urban Cowboy were on regular rotation as I, when I was a kid. So that's pretty high. Okay. Favorite Cohen Brothers movie, Eric Holmes. Do it now. What is Mine's it? Lebowski. But uh, the big Lebowski, yes. Yeah. Bruce Berkey, you. It's between Fargo and Lebowski, but the um unsung hero is the um uh the man who wasn't there. Yes, yeah. speaking my all time favorite Coen Brothers movie is easily by a by a mile is the man who wasn't there. Great, great movie. I actually did the press chunk it. Hashtag Greg is actually drop, name drop, dropping again. And uh, you know what? Little movie fact for cinematics folks. When I interviewed Billy Bob Thornton, he said to get that really musky or husky voiceover. You know what he did, guys? Do you know what Billy Bob Thornton did to get he that man? paint? No, good, good guess. He just smoked. He smoked all throughout the voice. And it was really tough. He smoked it's a lot. Jason. Yeah, coughing and Jason. He smoked a lot for the, doing the voiceovers of the man who wasn't there. So, Clara Sola, that is a July 1st release that Eric Holmes may want us to see. By the way, Clara Sola or Clara Sola or Clara Sola, it will be out July 1st, also in select theaters July 8th as well. I don't know. Maybe we'll get uh, some screening links for us and we'll see if this movie is very interesting. Are you, are you interested in a Clara Sola experience? Bruce Berkey, I'm usually in a solo experience, not a solo experience, but what about you, Bruce? Are you excited to see that movie? Are you going to give it Just a shot? taking this out of the family realm totally. I'm sorry. Dude. I'm sorry. Um, I'm in I, I, It does sound interesting, actually, to me. It sounds pretty cool. Okay. I'm going to check. By the way, since this is a family podcast, parents, if you have kids, go take them to see Pleasure. Okay. The, Eric it's, a good, it's a great movie, and I think the kids will really enjoy it. Eric Holmes, you are really forcing my hand onto editing editing that last comment for you. Very good, Eric Holmes, regarding pleasure. Please do not do not take your kids, or maybe even yourself, to pleasure. No, anyways, great, great film. Really wonderful performances. Hopefully, more people get look all that all that uh, sexual situations and and graphic stuff. Might be a barrier of entry, but if you really want an interesting drama with excellent performances, pleasure fits the bill. Speaking of July 8th, the July 8th, there are some previews we have for cinematics. Bruce, let's go with you. What are are some of your movie picks for the week of July 8th that you're excited to see? Well, um, the one that I... I highlighted, I think it only is going to limited release on July 8th, and I think it releases wider later. But I was looking at the documentary Fire of Love, which is directed by, I have to look up the director here, uh, Sarah Dosa. 
And it's a documentary about this couple, uh, Katya and Maurice Kraft. And they were very notable um, uh, documentarians of volcanic activity. And they were known for getting very, very, very close to giant <laughs> fountains of lava. And it's supposed to be this really interesting story of kind of their relationship and the dangerous and crazy life that they lived um, filming volcanoes around the world. And it looks pretty interesting and has a great poster, fantastic poster, which I want on my wall. Uh, so I want to see this movie a lot. Yes. Fire of Love, a romance that it, that emerges from the ashes. That is my movie quote regarding Fire of Love, which should be a very interesting movie. And we're not going to give a spoiler regarding the documentary, what happens and whatnot. It's Again, it should be very, very interesting. I can't find it on my emails. I might, we might have to track this down, Bruce and Eric. We might have to go actually go see this. It it uh, should be an interesting look at this couple. Very, very interesting movie. And all just aside, I'm excited for Thor Love and Thunder, folks. Eric Holmes, Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. Do you wield that hammer? We uh, No, shaking. No, no Marvel hammers. I, I will you, not be seeing Thor Love and Thunder. No, Majolinar. I, I don't know. Bruce Berkey, Thor Love and However, Thunder. However, Bob Chapek yeah. is with Disney for three more years. So. Just oh, not about that today. Good. <laughs> yes, you don't no, want to cut that. Yes, no, no, it's all right. No, no show show episode notes for him. Anyways, Bruce, are you excited? But are you going to take your kids? Take your son. So it's see a, it's Love and Thunder. Taika, yeah. Taika makes it right. Taika, yeah, hunt for the wilder people. Yeah. So that's just that's just one less wilder people or uh, Jojo Rabbit that we got. So no, I'm not excited about it. No, I look, Bruce, I read actually <laughs> Thor. I, I read a review from a person who doesn't, doesn't exist. And she said that Thor Love and Thunder is the most intimate film, maybe even more intimate than Hunt for the Wilder People. Are you, are your, is your appetite whetted for the hammer? Now that I said that, it's very intimate and moving. You got to go watch it. No, no, no. Are you talking about pleasure? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not, My not appetite's about... whetted for the hammer. What are you, what are I you, guess, where are you going? Look, in all fairness, as we're taping the cinematics episode, it's actually five. 6 on a Tuesday during the week and actually I would say the Thor Love and Thunder screening is at 7. I'm not going to make it. I wish I was going to make it, but I don't know. Maybe not. I'm, I'd rather be with Bruce and Eric. Hashtag name dropping screenings, but I, I really... Otherwise, he actually calls us Love and Thunder. That's what we're known <laughs> Love as. Love and Thunder. Him. They're a great mix. But yeah, who's I'm the... Thor. Greg is oh, thunder and oh, Bruce I'm is love. 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 Oh. Bruce is love. Okay, so that Thor, remember Thor and Love and Thunder, that is July 8th. Listeners, tell us what you think of the movie once you see this. Are you excited that Natalie Portman is Thor, pretty much Thor in this movie as well? She's, she's the one with the hammer. Now, Eric, you have a couple of movies for July 8th? Yeah, so um, I got, well, I got one for July 6th. It's a Netflix documentary, Girl in the Picture. Okay. And it has a uh, IMDb plot synopsis, and I will read half of it because I think the other half kind of gives it away. Because this is was something that uh, we heard a little bit about. Uh, someone emailed about us, and I read it. And I was like, oh, that, it, I knew very little. And I just right there, I stopped. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to, I just want to watch the uh, documentary and see how it um, plays. Uh, much like when uh, Bruce told me about Gladbeck. I'm like, I don't know what this is. I will not look up anything. I'll just watch it and let it play out. And oh, that was a thing. 
Uh, but anyway, the girl in the picture uh, comes out July 6th on Netflix. And half of the plot summary, a young mother's mysterious death and her son's subsequent kidnapping blow open a decades-long mystery about the woman's true identity. And then it has stuff after that that uh, might be a little too much. But I, it's just a documentary. It seems like one of those uh, maybe kind of like Gladbeck where uh, you watch it and it's like, what the what the hell is this? What? Yes. <laughs> what the hell is this? And uh, Thor, we've told you about this. Keep yep, your love and thunder sorry. to yourself. <laughs> sorry, Thunder. Didn't mean to do that. Let me see. But uh, Let me see where this is. Uh, but it also looks like it might be like us. Uh, it sounds like it might be like a our father situation where as the, as the documentary goes on, it's like, what is going on? Maybe, or maybe it's not good. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I'm definitely interested. Uh, The other one is actually comes out on July 8th. I believe it was limited release. It's called moon 66 questions. Very strange title, but if you type in Moon 66 questions, you will not come up with five other movies also named Moon 66 questions. So <laughs> good on you, movie. After years of distance, this one, I saw a trailer and it, this one seemed like it's more up yours and Bruce's alley more so than mine. And so I was kind of just fighting on something else to pick on July 8th that you guys didn't already pick. I don't think this one's right up my alley, but it might be up your guys's and maybe some of the listeners. Uh, it looks like a uh, daughter kind of uh, reunites with her dad who looks like he's having uh, uh, health issues, maybe towards the end of his life. And they just kind of, it, it looks like a family drama, like a character piece, family drama. It just looks a little too indie NDP for me. Yeah. It comes okay. out in July. It's on limited release. Check it out. Maybe it's good. Uh, it, it looks like it might go the way of uh, a more. Sorry, Anderson, you might want to stay away from this, <laughs> but uh, it, it could get a little depressing, but maybe it could be hopeful. I don't know. But we'll okay, cool. Moon 66, what is it? Questions or something like that? That's a weird moon, just... comma 66 questions. Interesting, interesting. Three Bruce. questions, too short. All right. Yes, finally, our last recommend, not recommendation, last preview is a movie called Both Sides of the Blade. It's only in theaters July 8th. It stars Juliet Binoche, Gregor Collin, and Vincent London. Vincent, actually, yes, Vincent Linden, actually, Vincent Linden. That's a typo on the press release. And I actually corrected this press release. Bruce Berkey, where do we know Vincent Linden from? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know where he fits in. He's a lead actor on a movie called Titan, Titan. Oh, oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Vincent Linden plays Jean, or I guess Jean, J-E-A-N. Well, it's it's in Paris, so let's call him Jean. So Jean and Sarah, played by Julie Binoche, they're they're a couple. They've been together for two for ten years. Just on the street, Julie Binoche's character, her character's name is Sarah. She meets, she bumps into Francois, her former boyfriend. That Francois is played by by Gregor Collin. So it's a love triangle that is both sides of the blade. And it's directed by Claire Denis. I have not seen any films by Claire Denis. I know people in our Cinematics Facebook group who are fans of Claire Denis. I think I, I think maybe Eric Holmes saw the Claire Denis film 
What's that one with uh, Robert Pattinson? Did did he star in that movie High Life with her? I don't know. That could be that could be wrong. But I'll look it up right now. But both sides of the blade. Has, I I have not seen that. Oh, okay. How was that that movie with with uh, Pattinson? Was it any good? The clip, it was clip. pretty oh. terrible. <laughs> High Life. That's it. High Life by 2018. I'm going to re-edit that just like I edited some of Eric Holmes's comment. Bruce just said it's one of the most remarkable films he's ever seen. High Life. So remarkably you, terrible. <laughs> remarkably terrible. So I guess you're excited to see both sides of the blade. Should I request links for us? I don't know. Uh, it was something. interesting. I mean, I will give it interesting. It was A24, but it was you got a yeah. bunch of movies though. Yeah, Claire did. Bunch of documentaries, bunch of shorts, bunch of yeah, Boing chocolate from 1988. Yeah, and remade. Yeah, eventually remade to the Lasse Hallstrom film, starring starring our buddy Johnny Depp. So, anyways, both sides of the blade, directed by Claire Denis. It's a romantic drama, love triangle drama set in Paris or Paris, and it's with Vincent Linden. Juliette Pinoche and Gregor Collin. I think we're, I'm going to request for all of us over here at, over at Cinematics. You know what? Maybe I'm just going to have Anderson review it and none of us review it. Wouldn't it be cool if just Anderson takes, hey, Anderson, take the Juliette Pinoche. Why don't you see, tell us what you think of it, huh? You know, so anyways, I don't know if I'm going to, if we're going to do that. He has a very busy schedule. I might check, I actually check this out because we love French films. What was that French film that we saw earlier this year that you, that all of us love? The one, the black and white film that I can't. Uh, Paris 13 Did, District? Yes. I don't know. I forgot that number. It could be 14, 15. It's Paris no, no, Number District. Yes. That's such a great movie. That to Paris watch. Number District. And Gagarin. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Gagarin. Oh, oh, yeah, Gagarin, yeah, Gagarin, Gagarin, yes, and you got the Blu-ray, right? You have the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. Bruce. You love that as well. Okay, so that's it. That are that's all the previews for the week of July first and July eighth here on Cinematics. Any final comments, thoughts from you, Eric Holmes? Uh, Anderson's not here, so I will say go watch Dinner in America. Probably, if you're listening to this, you probably already did, but that movie's yeah. pretty sweet. And Long Walk, uh, July with July fifth on Shutter. Long Walk is great. And just go back and watch the rest of Maddie Doe's movies. They're all fantastic. Yes. yes. This is a strong recommendation. Please, listeners, The Long Walk, Google it, check it out. Look up Maddie Doe, M-A-T-T-I-E-Doe, D-O, and just look at some of her interviews. Not just our stuff, just over in the- Dude, she's like one of the funnest people to talk yes. to ever. And she's a great filmmaker. And again, with her, again, her husband's, I believe, Christopher Larson, the writer, they make for a great team. Okay, we're leading out of cinematics, saying goodbye, Bruce Sparky. Say goodbye. Uh, what anything? Goodbye, goodbye, and um, I will third. Maddie does the long walk. I think that's where everyone should walk to in the next week. Uh, check it out. Buy the buy the Blu-ray as well. It's probably still out there if you want to pick it up. Yeah, this was a pretty not bad cinematics, you know, and what's great about it is I'm so, so so disorganized and so disheveled. I forgot to mention before we leave, there's a, also a movie that's coming out in theaters July 1st. This movie stars Jessica Chastain and it's and it also stars Ray Fiennes. Yes, it's our featured review for cinematics and I apologize listeners for putting this all the way to the back. Maybe this should have actually been in the front. This is 117 yeah, minutes. Yeah, don't don't start with me, Eric Holmes, with this. Okay, here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> Maybe you should start with me on this. Anyways, David and Joe Henninger, they they are a couple. They're played by Ray Fiennes and Jessica Chastain. They travel to Morocco. They're out in the Moroccan desert. They're going there because they're a, 
attending a party of one of their close friends. One of their close friends is played by Matt Smith. Some of you may have seen Matt Smith in that scene-stealing performance in, uh, what is it, Morbius? Morbius, he was recently seen in Morbius. Anyways, Matt Smith's character, he's the owner of a villa out in the middle of this Moroccan desert. On the way to the party, Ray finds his character, David, is driving really fast and he hits a kid. He hits a kid on the road and he and his wife, they bring back the kid the body of the kid, I believe they they bring it back, but the body is back. It, it actually bringing the corpse back to the villa leads to a whole just a domino effect. First of all, you know, in a, in a superficial level, the party is spoiled. Maybe the party is spoiled, or maybe this entire group of people in the party they're just so rich beyond belief and so entitled that the death of a young of a youth in Morocco doesn't really affect them. That would be interesting. By the way, Caleb Landry Jones also stars in this movie as the lover of the owner of the villa, again, played by Matt Smith. That is the premise of this film. Ray finds his character again. David, once he, the whole movie deals with, is David going to accept his actions of his hit, of hitting that kid and killing him of that manslaughter situation? Because what happens is he has to make a moral, it's a moral decision. Does he go back with the father of the child and admit that what he did did was wrong? Or does he try to like a lot of probably well-to-do people? Does he try to skirt the issue and not have any accountability, accountability whatsoever? Also starring in the movie is Christopher Abbott, who Bruce Perky really loves from that movie called what Bruce, what movie do you love Christopher Abbott in? Possessor and yes. Piercing. And possessor and piercing two two peas for Christopher Abbott. He plays a just a la, so sort of a layabout American who is well to do, and he he's an American who who starts trying to put the moves on Jessica Chastain's character. That's it. And it's directed and penned by John Michael McDonough. You might have seen some of his other movies. He directed this movie, Cavalry, and also The Guard with Don Cheadle. I remember one of my best friends, Deandra. She she called me right after watching Cavalry and she said, Greg, why did you make me watch this movie? This is the first movie I ever walked out on. <laughs> Cavalry is one of my favorite films from the year of the year. So I have my own thoughts on this movie, which is based, by the way, on Lawrence Osborne's novel, The Forgiven. Let's start with Eric Holmes. Your thoughts on The Forgiven. Does it work? Does it suck? What is it? Well, first of all, this is really funny in parts. The acting's really good. It looks good. I wasn't on board with this at all like uh, the the, this was a uh clock watcher for me i was like how much 10 minutes left Mm -hmm. okay we got another five minutes left the movie's over and there's you know uh this just didn't work for me that said i think it will work for a lot of people i'm wondering it's weird because like all the individual pieces of this movie um first of all caleb landry jones he's freaking awesome and everything um except for the x-men movie because he's like had two lines or whatever but uh what have we seen with him the the finch he did the voice of the robot in that he was in knit ram which knit ram watch that movie that that'll depress the hell out of you but it's good um and he's great in this in fact everyone's great in this it's like the individual pieces are all you know it seems like it 
it should work. But for me, it did not. And I can't really explain why I just wasn't on board with this at all throughout the entire movie. Bruce Brookie. I have a similar, a similar reaction to this. Uh, once again, all the, all the acting is good. All the actors are good. Um, I, it's to me, it's the script on this movie. The problem is this. It's like, this is a movie that's basically saying like, here, you've got all these entitled, you know, colonialist, you know, white people kind of acting terrible in a land that's not theirs, basically tourists, you know, and just not paying attention to the actual people around them. And I think the movie is supposed to be about that, but the perspective is still from the point of view of the rich white and sure. And you have two movies to going on too. You have rich white going off to like, I guess. Oh, wait, we have to, <laughs> Oh, we have He's to cut that. We have to cut that. Yeah. I'll start back. Okay. So I'm kind of similar to Eric on yeah. this one. I liked all the actors. I liked the performances, but I really didn't like the script. And the problem I had with it is that, it kind of is taking the point of view of these colonial people, you know, white people that are like entitled and, you know, they're kind of belittling the people, you know, not even hardly treating the people around them as people from the area to the point that the one, when he's killed the child of one of these people has to go off. And I guess kind of, um, so anyway, we have two stories, right? We have the one guy going off to kind of, I guess, um, uh, learn how to be a better person by, you know, helping bury the body of the person that he was responsible for killing. And then on the other side, you have the party continuing. And as I was watching this whole movie, I was like, what is the point? Like, what, what are we supposed to get from this? And I think I know Eric was kind of drawn torn too. like, well, what is wrong with this movie? I think it's perspective. I think we're, we're staying with the white entitled people. And honestly, that's, it's not their story. They are obviously not in tune and are a problem. So if this story were totally told from the perspective of the father, or it kind of tries to do a little bit at the father and the people who are the servant class at this party, if that was the where we sat in this whole movie, I think this could have been really interesting. But I think in a, in a way, this movie kind of does what it's supposedly criticizing. And that is it stays at the perspective of the entitled white people. So I think that's why this fails. Yeah. This movie worked for me, the forgiven, even though I didn't completely fall head over, over heels for it. What it has to say, yes, it does. I do agree. It, it takes the point of view from that white privileged perspective, but this is really an attack on them, even though it is a self-fulfilling prophecy that it it's really trained on their own, Pretty much their their uh, their journey throughout most of it, and there are moments when it flips to the other side. I I think this is one of my favorite performances from Ray Fiennes. He's very very good in this movie. the The barrier for this movie though is a lot of the dialogue for The Forgiven is just inane and superficial because the people. Written. Which one? What? It, it it feels written. Like I I I mm. could all, like there's some parts where I could see the uh, writer sitting there going, writing the line going, "Oh, that's good." And then they shoot it, and it's like, you should probably cut that line. <laughs> no, I mean, I felt, it's clever, but cut that line. I think it's clever. I thought, I thought it was, it, I thought, yeah, I think in, in a certain sense, you can look at it that way. But for me, the actual actors, the actual people in this movie are so vacuous and ridiculous and silly that the stuff that comes out of their mouth is just a lot of BS a lot of times. Yeah. So, 
it's that the barrier to entry is just dealing with these people for the, for 117 minutes. So I wouldn't actually recommend this movie to most people. But if you are a fan of John Michael McDonough's previous works, like like the aforementioned Cavalry or The Guard, and are trying to are kind of on board of what he's trying to do regarding where he finds his character as far as the period of whether he's going to, it, will he? The idea, the theme of accountability, and finding some kind of self realization, appealed to me as far as. And and in your and you're setting it in this beautiful Moroccan desert. I was on board. That said, I understand where most people are not going to get on board with The Forgiven because of the superficial stuff that is really intended. But a lot of the, a lot of times, it's it's really tough to watch because you're you're thinking, I don't want to watch these people say these lines or or act this way, and it's just so ridiculous. But for me, what happens to Ray Fiennes' character towards the final act is very dramatic and really cool and resonant. And I love the way the ending, the, the way the movie wrapped up. I think for me, not an excellent film, but a recommend if you want something kind of different. And whether or not you think it's a, it's, the dialogue is not that great or, or great, you know, what Eric and I were talking about regarding the dialogue, you might have your own personal opinions. But I think for me, three and a half stars, Eric Holmes, your rating on The Forgiven. I would give this uh, maybe a star. <laughs> One star for the forgiven. Um, I, okay. I mean, like I said, everything about the movie is like the the acting, the you know, the way they shot it. it it's just I'm, I think it wasn't even so much the characters. I think there was just nothing there that grabbed me. Hey, Bruce, your rating on the forgiven. Two stars. Two stars. All right, two stars for Bruce. One star for Eric Holmes, and I give it a solid recommend over at three and a half stars again, July eighth for the forgiven. And I hope you guys over at Cinematics forgive us for this episode because this Forgiven should have been at the top of the episode. But woe is me. Uh, and yeah, what, what, what you can you say? You can't say we buried the lead because uh, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> one star, two stars, three and a half from four star Greg. Yeah, uh, don't, call me, don't, call me, don't call me four star Greg. I am now known as five star Greg. I, I'm trying <laughs> to give everything five stars. So if I gave this movie three and a half stars, guys, then jump to your own conclusions. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of things to jump to. Look, obviously, you can listen to Anderson Cowan over at the Film Vault. You can listen to him also on the After Disaster, AndersonCowan.com. There's also Addie's Antiques, Jillian's Facebook Marketplace. Also, want to plug for us, Selfishly, on Find Your Film. We are doing a director spotlight this week on filmmaker Jules Dassin. Eric Holmes, tell our listeners, what movies are we covering and why you picked Jules Dassin for this week for our director uh, spotlight? Well, I'm... I- Chose Jules Dassin this movie uh, this week. Words don't like me. Uh, we are covering Thieves Highway and Night in the City, and I chose them because I saw those movies, and we have not talked about them. Very good. That is very very Ernest Hemingway esque terse material. I'm just going to say Night in the City is an excellent film, same as Thieves Highway. They are both in black and white. If you want to check it, check out our spotlight on Dassin, please check out our Find Your Film podcast. And if you actually just want to see those, these movies, they're Criterion films. Eric Holmes has the Criterion DVDs. He purchased them at his local Entertain Mart, but they're also on YouTube. And Bruce, can you endorse the transfer? They're, they look okay, right? On YouTube, both these movies? They look great. They look really good. And uh, Night in the City is the better um, Uncut Gems. 
the better uncut gems were, were you being facetious about that because that's how i feel i they're both a movies right yeah no, i agree oh, okay very very good yeah, very uncut good. gems is good and night but, in the city is better yes that's, those are that, two bangers right there on two bangers and night in the city yes Deep you, highway, there's a third banger bonus banger right there for bo- you bonus banger okay folks i've got a lot of editing to do over at cinematics we miss you anderson <laughs> cowan and thank you bruce perky and eric holmes for joining Body us mouth with- perky and eric <laughs> the bad and most importantly thank you guys listeners for for checking us out here on on this here cinematics we'll see you next time take care